This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLING. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. He is Mr. Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach with the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Memphis Grizzlies, and of course, now a color analyst with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers doing double duty. That's why he's always busy. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. You're back in Cleveland now, sir, but you've been just buzzing the country. Are you good? Everything calm? You You okay? I heard there's a break coming in the action starting tonight after the games that take place in the NBA tonight. A little bit of time off for everyone. Interesting to hear what what everyone is doing, where they're going, what they're going to do during All-Star Weekend. And then the couple of days they have off after that. But this is, I believe, the longest the NBA has gone before having an All-Star break. And when they come back, I would think everybody's going to be under 20 games remaining on the schedule, which will go by so fast, so quickly down the best this year. You know, Jeff, I've always said that there are four times, always told this to my teams, four times you can steal games in the NBA. One is when the season starts. If a veteran team comes back with the same head coach, they generally know what they're supposed to be running. They know Option two, option three. Defensively, they got an idea coming out of the gates. And what you can do is you can win a good share of games. You can get off to one of those 12 and three starts because you're a little bit ahead of everybody else coming out of the gates. That's one time. Second time is going into the all-star break because Mm. a lot of teams have players that think they're on the all-star break and it hasn't come yet. But mentally, <laughs> that's where they are. Get them when you can, Mike. They lose their concentration and their focus, and you can steal a couple games right there going into the break. Third time is coming out of the all-star break. Not everybody comes back from the all-star break. A lot of guys stay out there if they're still on vacation. And then the fourth time is last 10 to 12 games of the season mm. – A lot of guys have gone on vacation mentally. Their team is not in the race for a playoff spot. So they don't compete as hard as they had been during the regular season. And therefore, you can pick up a couple wins here and there. So this is one of those times going into it and coming back out of it that you'll see which teams didn't come back from it and which teams went into it a little bit too early. Cavaliers at 61 games in right now. So they'll have 21 games coming out of the all-star break, Mike. And that's, that will be a sprint to the finish. So, and we're going to talk about the Cavs at the all-star break coming up here in a little bit on the podcast, but uh, some news that kind of came out today, Jason Lloyd, Sham Sharania from the athletic reporting that Kevin Love and the Cavaliers are discussing a buyout. And Mike, that did not appear to be on the table as the trade deadline approached, in fact, the Cavs said, you know, no, we're not, you know, we're not leaning that direction. And Kevin didn't say anything about it. And the reports are, you know, that Kevin has, has asked about this and they're, they're discussing. And when, when those things are being discussed, they usually lead to a buyout. I, I hate to see it myself because I'm a big Kevin Love fan. And I think he's 
been a tremendous player for this franchise, but he's also not in the rotation right now. And by all accounts, he would like to continue to play, thinks he can still play, and you're probably not going to get another contract if you're not playing right now, Mike. What was your reaction when you heard that this might be going on? I, along with you, am a big Kevin fan. I would hate to see him after the time and contributions he's put in here uh, in Cleveland, being part of the community and obviously helping them win a world championship. Uh, I understand both sides of it. And there could be concern that if he's an unhappy veteran player, not in the rotation, that it may not benefit the mix and the locker room situation. I don't know Kevin to be a person that would ever be uh someone to cause a problem, cause an upheaval in the locker room. Uh, I know he's a competitive person, loves to play, but if they've sat down and explained why they're going in the next direction and said to him, stay ready, uh, it's because you never know what's going to, you know, what's going to happen, what could happen. And I happen to personally feel that when Kevin played in last season, this season, he brought a special something to the bond relationship spirit of the team. Uh, that veteran presence, the young guys, I think, recognizing that, hey, this is a guy that's been around for a while. He's had a lot of big games. He's been an all-star X number of times. And now he's coming off the bench for us because they asked him to do it for the good of the program. And he's handling it like you would hope uh, a pro would do something like that. So uh, because of all that, Kevin's led by example, and this might be something Kevin requested. If that's what he wanted, if he went to front office or when they were talking, if he said, hey, see if there's a market out there for me, because I am in the backstretch of my career. I only have X number of games left, right? and I would love to continue to play. So that could have been what happened. And if that's the case, you know, when front office from the Cavs talked to Kevin's agent, if that was the message that was passed along, the Cavs may have said, okay, we'll go out and see if there are any takers. If they found someone, then you work out the buyout situation. What's it going to cost the Cavs to get out of this contract, pay Kevin the money that's owed to Kevin, and then Kevin is free to go where he wants to. Um, I still think when you look at some of the Cavs' weaknesses right now, one is going into last night's game against the 76ers, they, was, they were 19th in the league in three-point shooting. So if Kevin can get that touch back, get that feel back from behind the line, if that finger, the thumb that he broke is feeling better, he might help him there. We know he's going to rebound, and he's going to give him the veteran leadership. Um, areas where you hear concern or what does he do at the defensive end of the floor to help them or hurt them. Well, they're not the only team that has a player who falls into that category. There are sure. a number of yeah. teams that would say the same thing about a number of players. Now the idea is figure it out. Does he help you more with rebounding, shooting threes, making his free throws of being leader than he does with breaking down defensively? Who knows how many times a game because I'm, I'm not in there with all the statistics that they have. So that's how I look at it. Uh, if Kevin wanted it, then so be it. The, the, the Cavs, I would think, uh, they've been great to their players. And, and I would think if he asked for that, they would do the best they could to accommodate him. 
Mike, the one thing that I'm kind of perplexed about, and there's no question, all you have to do is look at the, the splits per month. Kevin's scoring average has gone down every month this year. His rebounding has gone down every month this year, not by much, but his rebounding has gone down a little bit. And his three-point percentage in the month of January was 23%. Um, he had the thumb injury, which you talked about, and we talked about it, in fact, in our last podcast. But the the January issue, if everybody remembers, he had some back spasms. And every once in a while, you see somebody in the NBA or any pro sport who you know, is playing, doing what they're doing, doing everything's going fine, and then they fall off the face of the earth. I have a hard time believing that that's the case with Kevin and that he can't play anymore. I've got to assume he can play. And some of the reports out there, teams in contention would be interested in signing him, which makes it perplexing to me because he's not in the rotation, which which surprises me right now, considering the contribution that he made last year and how good he was. And you, you laid it out real well, how good he was and what a great influence he was coming off that bench. Do you think he can still play? And, I would think another if if another team thought he might, I would think he could help the Cavs, which it's just a very perplexing situation all the way around to me. It is, but it's hard to talk about it when we're not behind the scenes. We're not in the locker room. We don't know what the dialogue has been between Kevin and the front office or Kevin and his agent and the front office. And that's what makes it hard. You know, you can voice your opinion on whether you think he can contribute to this team or not. Uh, We don't know physically how he feels, if his back has really bothered him. And I would also think that any teams that are talking to them would have to have a concern about, are you healthy? If we're going to invest any money in you and put you on our roster and take up a spot, are you able to play? Or is it going to be where you come in, you give us 10 minutes, and you can't play for four games? Mm. So, I mean, I would think it's part of the natural process that you have the physical beforehand and and you know ask the Cavs I think teams have a, a code of honesty amongst each other not every team maybe but most of the teams <laughs> have a, a, a code of honesty you're dealing with when you're doing deals doing trades this type of thing that you ask questions and you expect an honest answer because you know obviously someday it could be on the other foot so uh, let's just hope it works out being something that's really good for Kevin and really good for the Cavaliers. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. He's Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach, color analyst with the Clippers and Cavaliers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92 through the fan in Cleveland. All-star break, Cavaliers, Mike, sitting in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. They have a terrific record of 38-23. and 23 Two games better than they were at the 61-game mark last year. I think everybody forgets how good they were until their late fade last year. But here they sit at 38 and 23. And I want to go over some of the things where we think the team exceeded expectations, the team or players where they hit their expectations and maybe where they didn't reach expectations in the first half. And uh, I'll start by throwing out the two areas where I think they exceeded expectations. And number one is the team overall. And even though their record is really close, Mike, I, I don't know that anybody expected them to be sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference and fifth best record in the NBA overall. The fifth best in the NBA doesn't mean as much, obviously, as fourth in the East, since that's the playoff slotting and everything. But fourth in the Eastern Conference, considering the East at the beginning of the season and when Brooklyn had Kevin and and Kyrie and you thought that was going to happen, 
I think it's a pretty impressive place for them to be right now, for the Cavaliers to be right now at the All-Star break. I do, too. Anytime that you can uh, be in a position where you might secure home court advantage. Yep. Uh, and it's not like they gained a whole lot of playoff experience last year. Um, it's You know, they've had such a great first half of the season. And whatever the point was that things turned around for them, you know, with injuries and whatever else happened down the stretch, uh, they went out and added a superstar to their roster, uh, tweaked a couple other things, got Rubio back from his injury. And, you know, you're hoping he remains healthy the rest of the way and he can really contribute because they're a different team when he comes in and joins that rotation of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. That's a pretty nice three-man rotation. You know, you can put Karis Laverne if you want to put the fourth guy in there. Not a bad group of guards right there. Um so that all of a sudden, here they are past, well past the halfway point in the season, yeah. sitting in a, in a spot where when they come back from the All-Star break, and it's going to go so fast, Jeff. Uh, do you have the happen to have the breakdown in front of you of home games left and away games left when we come back for the last 21? I, I don't have that completely, Mike, but I, I do know this, and we've talked about this a little bit the way that this team is going to come out of the all-star break schedule wise, uh, they have a, they have a rough way to go. Let me, let me double check one thing here uh, from a, let's see, the Cavs have played, well, they've played 31 home games and they've played 30 road games. So that leaves what 11 road games and 10 home games. So pretty 50, 50 split. Yeah. And then, you know, the next thing, obviously the caliber of the teams that you're playing yes. down that stretch, I, I, if I remember correctly, the one thing that's kind of interesting is I think we have four times in the remaining games where we play the same team. Back to back. Back to back. And yep. it may not necessarily be like a Monday to Tuesday or a Tuesday and a Wednesday, but the games are against the team. And then their next game is against that team again. Yeah. With maybe a day off in between. If I'm and, and here it is, Mike in Miami, March 8th and 10th, in Charlotte, March 12th and 14th, and then at Brooklyn, March 21st and 23rd, and at Orlando on April 4th and April 6th. That's that's strange. You know, you don't see that hardly ever. Let's go over those let's go over those four teams again, please. Miami. Miami sure, a sure. contender obviously for Absolutely. a spot, a home court spot in the Eastern Conference. Who else? Charlotte Charlotte struggling. Struggling has had a tough year, traded away Plumley. Um yeah, struggling. Brooklyn, who though they made some moves, sure and, and got rid of Kevin and Kyrie, which of course, you know, they you would think there go your championship hopes, picked up some young talent and they look loaded for the future, Mike. I, I if if you can get past the fact that they traded Kevin and Kyrie, they they seem like they have situated themselves pretty nicely for the years ahead. They came out of that deal in outstanding shape with what they have accumulated. The players they have right now, one of the guys that they got in that deal had 45 points in last night's game for Brooklyn. Um, you know, a former Villanova guy. Okay, be Mikhail Bridges. Yes. Um, so, and and. Cam Thomas all of a sudden has had a chance to show what he can do for their team. Their center, Claxon, has 
was leading the league in field goal percentage, leading the league in block shots. Uh, and they got some picks in there. So they've done very, very well. So you don't know what's going to happen with them now down this back stretch. They may just turn into a very interesting team. I know the last one you mentioned was Orlando, who mm-hmm. boy, in the last 25, 30 games, they've really turned around what their season was all about. And then who was the fourth one that I missed? That was it. No, uh, Miami, well, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Orlando. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other big thing, Mike, where I think exceeded expectations is Donovan Mitchell. And I know we all expected big things out of him. And he's his scoring average is at a career high. So are all three of his shooting percentages, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage. That's all great. But, Mike, I'm, I don't know that anybody expected him to have this impact on the franchise immediately come in kind of galvanize himself as the key guy, as the leader of this team. I don't think he's been anything but terrific in every way for this basketball team. You're exactly right. How much more can you expect from a you know, a guy who's been an all-star multiple times, you know, a guy who's scored 50 or more points in playoffs uh, more than just one time so far in his career, and how many big nights that we've seen out of him already, uh, whether it be on the road or in our building, uh, so I would think that the fan base should be so excited. And I, this is kind of a, a special kind of guy. He's so giving of his time. Uh, I see him before games. After he gets done doing his shooting thing, you know, I'm not talking about 10 or 12 minutes. I'm talking about you know, game 45 minutes before the game when he comes out, does his shooting routine. Before he goes back in the locker room, he'll always go over if he sees – a bunch of youngsters on the sideline. He'll sign for him, take pictures with him. Mm. The other night, uh, the night before the game against Philly, he went out and went to Villanova University and sat on the sideline with Eric Pascal, who was a teammate of his in Utah, and watched the Villanova game. I mean, wow. how many people will go out and do that and watch the whole game, left, right, when the game ended? So it's a special kind of guy, uh, giving and sharing his time with the people out there that pay hard-earned money to come and watch them play. I think most every aspect of this team hit expectations, Mike, in the pre-All-Star break segment of the of the season. Certainly Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. And I say that it's interesting. Garland, same scoring average right now, 21.7 as last year. His assists are down just a touch. His three-point shooting up a touch. I think he's been outstanding. Jared Allen's numbers just slightly down, which you might expect because you have a, another ball-dominant, high-scoring player on the team, uh, more so than than Lowry Markinen was last year as far as points per game for the Cavaliers. And Evan Mobley's scoring and rebounding up just a touch. His shooting is up. I think they've all been right about where you expected them to be, and I think that's a good thing. Without question, if you want Mobley to develop, then he's going to command more shots. He's going to take more shots. So that cuts back some shots for Allen. Mm-hmm. If you bring a Donovan Mitchell in, you want him to be the star that he is. He's going to certain nights wind up with 20, 25 shots at the basket. Darius Garland, who started out against Philadelphia on fire, the only cab that was making shots to start the game. Um these are shots taken, and the more shots they're making, those are shots you're taking away from a guy like Jared Allen, who doesn't really care how many shots he gets 
every night. He worked so hard to get second and third shot opportunities off the offensive glass. Uh, but we found out also we can throw him the ball in the low posts and uh, he'll make things happen that we wouldn't have seen in, in the past. So they, they've got the potential. That's probably one of the reasons why they're at the top of the league in scoring points going into the game against Philadelphia, uh, because they have guys who are capable of scoring the ball in more than just a couple of them. And I'm not even mentioning Levert coming off the bench, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. There are two areas, Mike, where I don't think they reached expectations. And one is the small forward spot because my fingers were crossed that somebody would step up and take hold of that job and it would be a perfect fit. Karis Levert had the first chance. And as you talked about in our last podcast, they thought, Hey, you might be, it might be better for the team if you're coming off the bench. So I don't even really count Karis in that conversation, but it, it didn't work there. Dean Wade got hurt after he got his chance. Lamar Stevens had a couple of games, Isaac Okoro, Though he's continuing to develop and is still only 22 years old, all of his numbers are down, his, his scoring average down every year he's been in the league, and his three-point shooting down just a touch. But nobody's taken hold of that spot. And, and you don't need anybody to score 20 points, Mike, or maybe even 15. But are you surprised that no one has taken that and run with it? I think Isaac has been the closest to that, but still maybe not what everybody's looking for. Well, if we were in college basketball, we would just go to the transfer portal and look, for a, guy, guys. <laughs> look for a guy somewhere else that we like on another <laughs> team and invite him to come in and fill the spot here. Uh, but we're not allowed to do that. Um, you know, a guy who in the beginning of the year could have very easily claimed stake to that spot was Osman. Yeah. Uh, he was shooting the ball, getting out in transition on the fast break. Uh, but you know, they, they look at times for a piece that matches what they need defensively to fit into the scheme of thing. And uh, you you watch Jenny play at the offensive end of the floor. There's certain nights that you go like, this is the answer to what we need night in and night out at the small forward position. But then he may have breakdowns at the defensive end of the floor. So I think they're looking for the consistency, the solid play of whoever it is that's getting the majority of the minutes. And they've got three or four guys that they can – take those chances with this is basketball gold we thank you for listening he's mike fratella former head coach of the atlanta hawks cleveland cavaliers and memphis grizzlies i'm jeff phelps with 92.3 the fan in cleveland mike of course also doing color analyst work with the los angeles clippers and the cleveland cavaliers he's a very busy guy so we appreciate him being with us on this mike before we get to something that i want you to just bust my chops about mercilessly which is going to be fun my all akron born starting five i can't wait for that Ooh. i do want to touch on the cavaliers bench has it surprised you that the bench has been as i guess maybe as little of a factor as it has been and i i'm i don't even know if you can talk about the quality of it because 26th in minutes played. J.B. Bickerstaff has played his starters a lot. We've touched on that for good reason. The, the guys we've talked about, you want on the floor. But the Cavs are 26th in minutes played on the bench, 27th in points scored by the bench. Is it surprising that it's been that low-key this year? A little bit surprising, I, I'd probably say, because I think going into it, if you would have asked uh, the Cavs front office, how do you feel about the depth of this roster, they would have felt pretty good about it going in. You've got uh, potential starters 
on a lot of teams that are coming off the bench for us or were coming off the bench for us, starting with Karis LeVert has started before in his NBA career. Kevin Love has started before and won championships in his NBA career. Jetty Osman has been around here now for enough years that we know Jetty on, on given nights is an outstanding player and really contributes to the team's success. And, you know, we didn't know when Rubio was going to come back, but we knew a year ago the effect he had on that team before he went down with the injury. So now he has finally returned. And where is he? Is he 75%, 80%, 85%? But, you know, with Rubio there, you, you know, I'm thinking Rubio, Karis, Levert, somehow you put them together. Then whoever's not starting, Okoro or Stevens or uh, Jetty, one of them in there in the rotation. And then where are you going with backup bigs? Um, is Kevin coming in as a four? Is Kevin coming in as a five with the second unit since you're not starting him? All of that makes it sound like it's not bad, but that gets t- dictated by the amount of minutes and the number of players that the head coach uses on a given night. We've seen JB use eight guys on a given night. We've seen him use a ninth guy with maybe six minutes, seven minutes for the ninth guy. So if that's the case, that second group that seems so deep may not be on the floor together enough to be productive or together with a group that can be productive, which goes to one of my things about the plus minus stuff. How much do you trust plus minus? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm on the floor, uh, with Donovan Mitchell, if I'm on the floor with Allen, I think I might have more chance of having a plus than I would if I'm on the floor with other players that are coming in. So, you know, the coach helps dictate a lot of that as well and what they decide makes them a better team and helps them win games. I'm ready for this. I hope you're ready for this. Inspired by LeBron James passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. And we've talked about LeBron on previous podcasts. But it inspired me, Mike, because I thought I would I would put my all-time Akron-born starting five up against many, many bigger cities, all-time starting fives. Now, you grew up in Hackensack, New Jersey, right across from New York. I'll go ahead and say your all-New York team, if you put one together is probably stronger than my all Akron starting five. All right, I'll give you that. Thank you for acknowledging that, the city. (laughs) That said, I can do this with a clean conscience now. Uh, In my backcourt on my all Akron starting five, I'm going to have LeBron James in the backcourt. I don't care what position he's going to play. He's in the backcourt. You'll understand why he's definitely a guard on this team in a minute. Uh, Nothing more needs to be said about that, right? He's, He's on the team. You're giving him both guard spots or just the I, one I, guard spot? I might give him small forward too, Mike. He can play all three. <laughs> he can bring his he can bring his sons in. I don't but they well, they were born in Akron, so that could work. That could work well, maybe one day. His backcourt mate, Steph Curry, future Hall of Famer, who was born in Akron, Ohio, in the one year that Del Curry, his father, played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Dell was here one year, then left for Charlotte in the expansion draft. But by golly, Steph was born here, and we're claiming him as ours in Akron, Mike. I'm I'm going to look into this with birth certificates, but okay, I trust you, believe you. I think he was born in the same hospital as LeBron, actually. 
I think it was City Hospital. Hospital. (laughs) Um, Let's stay modern here. We'll move into the forward spots. Larry Nance Jr., son of Larry Dance. Larry Jr., born in Akron, Ohio, went to Revere High School. Guy who you can put on the floor. He'll hustle his you-know-what off and work really hard for you. And so he'll be the small forward on this team. And I kind of like that idea of putting him in there because you get so much offense out of LeBron and Steph. All right, I'm 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 good. I understand Larry Nash Jr. Okay. So we got LeBron, we've yep. got Steph, we've got Larry Nash Jr. Now we're going old school. Take me to where you're going next on this. Is this a power forward next? This is power forward. This guy was powerful. He was nasty. He was later a former assistant coach at my alma mater, Kent State University, Hall of Famer, five-time All-Star, averaged double-doubles in his first eight seasons, over 16.5 points and over 13 rebounds in six of those years. From Central High School, Gus Johnson of the Baltimore Bullets. Tough, tough guy. Gus Johnson was good. I mean, he he was a terrific NBA player. He had a game, Mike, that was kind of ahead of its time, wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you could talk to a lot of people that remember how good he was. You know, that's a good pick. Thank you very much. I appreciate. uh, I will say that's it. You're playing with four guys. No, I. I've. Oh, I've got a. I've got a Hall of Fame center here, Mister. Okay. (laughs) When you were coaching the Cavaliers, you looked up into the rafters and you saw his number. He wore number 42 for the Cavs, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, averaged double-doubles in 10 seasons, 17 or more rebounds in eight seasons, finished his career with the Cavaliers, Hall of Famer, and high school teammate at Central High School of Gus Johnson. It's Nate Thurmond. So he was born in Akron? He was born in Akron. Come on, let's play along. They're all born in Akron. Same hospital as the other two guys, LeBron and uh, dang it, Mike, I didn't check that out. <laughs> okay, just just checking out, making sure it's just authentic. Now well, that's not a bad team you have there. Thank you. I've got four Hall of Famers on that team. I'm just gonna give you two of two of my New York Jersey. Oh, no, see, now you're gonna the, like you're gonna poo-poo my dream. No, no, I'll just name two and then you, you can decide if you want me to go anymore. One was named Way back, he was named Lou Alcinder, and he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, okay. And the other is on your pair of Nike sneakers, okay, that was born in New York, uh, that we associate with North Carolina and the Chicago Bulls, and he now owns an NBA team. Yeah. His name is Michael Jordan. Yeah. I'll start with those two, and I don't know if I have to go any further. And to think I like you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, if there's a city that clearly is is the city, I it's got to be it's got to be New York in the metro area, right? Look, that's a, that's a pretty good team you put together right there. That's very impressive. That thank that you. All those people were born in Akron. Really, isn't is. that something though? Yep. I, I thought that was kind of cool. If we wanted to expand it, and we don't, but you know, we could have added Clark Kellogg if we wanted to go to Cleveland. Could put Brad Sellers, our buddy, on that team. We we could put together a pretty good bench, but. Akron in and of itself with two current Hall of Famers, LeBron and Steph are on the way. Larry Nance Jr., a terrific career. I, I asked you if I could take 
a surrounding community, a suburb of Akron, and move that guy in as my sixth man. You were Who's okay, that? kind of on it. I'm not sure. Yeah, you can do that. Go ahead. All right. From from Barberton, Ohio. Four-time All-Star, six-time All-Defensive Player, one-time Defensive Player of the Year. Alvin Robertson, really hard-nosed guard with the San Antonio Spurs. Alvin Robertson, was, wasn't he steals leader? He might still be, for all I know, in he, the NBA. Maybe he is. All I know is he was tough. He was a tough, hard-nosed guy. Uh, he, he ripped your heart out when he played defense against you. So I've got a sixth man. So there you go. Thank you for allowing me to include Barberton. You can do that. Enjoy the all-star break. You need it. You're, you're way too busy flying all around the country and doing everything else. So I know the break's going to be a good one for you. Enjoy. Yeah, I mean, so much of the season's gone by already, Jeff. When you come back from this break, normally uh, all-star breaks take place a little bit earlier with not so many games being played. But, you know, my goodness, you know, almost every team has played 60 games um, leaving them somewhere between 20, 22 games to yeah. go. So after tonight's games, NBA shuts it down, All-Star Weekend coming up, and then the extra days they put in there before they have to return and play coming back. And from then on, it's going to be – I mean, that's how fast it's going to go by when these guys come back. And, and it really is going to capture people's imagination with – watching the standings every day mm-hmm. because there are so many people bunched up, whether it be for top four home court advantage, top six in the playoffs or 10, nine, eight, seven, as far as play in to get to the playoffs, it, there will be a lot of intrigue schedules mattering so much. How many home, how many away, how many above 500 teams? How many below 500 teams? How many times do you come up and play a team that has definitely made up their minds? We want more ping pong balls. <laughs> so you might see very strange rotations or lineups or minutes played down the stretch. Be a lot going on here in the back stretch. It's going to be wildly entertaining. That's for sure. Enjoy the break. Talk to you later, buddy. Thank you. This has been Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. Thanks for listening. This has been Basketball Gold, brought to you by Betway.com. Betway, for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.